We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. 23-0. Very much still in play. The Kansas City Chiefs win 28-25 over the Minnesota Vikings. It wasn't as close as it looked. The Kansas City Chiefs, it didn't matter who lined up in red, dominated this game. A lot of fun. Closing out the preseason. And now we get to turn the page a little bit, too, towards real football. Very excited. A lot to talk about today. And here to do it are two of my dear pals. First find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Back in the first slot of introductions. Maddie Lane, what's good? Oh, man. I could not be more excited to be here. Sorry, guys. I'm having some technical difficulties for a second. I have fixed them, though, so we are now good. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a live show. But we are here. We are ready to go. And I'm just glad that I got introduced first. But I don't think we need to talk about us or introduce us. Everybody knows who we are right now. I think we have to talk about this game. And just right off the bat, first thing that comes to mind after watching that game, Craig, what's the first thing that stuck out to you? Oh, man. The first thing that stuck out to me is how the Chiefs honored our good pal, Therese Paler. That was awesome by them. If you donated to the Therese Paler Scholarship Fund, then we thank you so much. It means so much, and his legacy will live on. We are all, all juice, all juice forever. From the game itself, the thing that I love the most, Patrick Mahomes looked phenomenal. I, I mean, like this, it, it looked like midseason Patrick Mahomes again. And after some, you know, slow starts to some preseason games, it was good to see it. Kent, you have to be just giddy with the arm angles, the things that he was doing, you know, the, the misdirection that he was able to perform, you know, in a game that we didn't think that he was going to even play that much. Like, now, look, here's the thing. We got to see a little bit of those special Patrick Mahomes plays that we're all kind of accustomed to. And it was really like one of, probably the first, you know, moment that you got this year. And, and there's going to be a ton of them this year in the regular season. And, you know, it's been limited sample size, very basic play concepts. But you saw Mahomes wrapping around a defensive line's arms, throwing a sidearm angle to Travis Kelsey, who ran an excellent route on that play. You're starting to see those, you know, some of those special plays. But beyond that, he was uber efficient. Eight and nine, uh, two touchdowns, I believe 117 yards. He was he was sharp. He was poised. Everything was just complete control. Maddie, I know you were pretty hyped too. Yeah, and I think it kind of went back to which what we talked about this past week was we were talking about how if the Chiefs start to run more slants, it's great because what Patrick Mahomes can do with different arm angles and do with different things. 
It's not that they really went out there and ran a bunch of slants, but I think you got to see just the manipulation that Patrick Mahomes can have over defenders, the different arm angles. He can deliver a very accurate pass and then come through there, deliver it right on the, right on the money to a variety of guys, different levels all over the field. This is one of the best, some of the best football I've seen from Patrick Mahomes. And I know it's a preseason game, but he was in so much control throughout the beginning of this game. Like he absolutely positively looked like the best player that's ever taken the field in football with just the control that he showed. And Twitter gets all upset and says, oh, hey, it's against backups. I don't care. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Most quarterbacks that have ever played the game couldn't just look the way that he did out there. So that was really good to see him come out and look really sharp after maybe not the best performance last week against the Cardinals. Yeah, and he did. He looked uh, looked ultra sharp uh, the entire time that he was out there on the field. He was finding guys. That dime that he dropped to Tyree Kill was excellent. You know, listen. The, the Minnesota Vikings know that if you're going to leave Bashad Breeland on an <laughs> island against Tyreek Hill, like everybody in the world knows how that, that how that's going to go. So, of course, Patrick Mahomes knew that that was coming, was able to hit it. But it was good to see. It was good to see that touch was there. It was good to see the connection was there with multiple guys, not just, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. It's good to see a lot of that. It was also good to see the, the offensive line continue to look good. Um, I, I was pleased with what I saw up front from those guys. I think this is about as good of a preseason as you can have from an offensive line perspective, you know, especially with five new starters, five guys that are brand new to Kansas city. This is about the best that you could hope for going into the season. They are going to get tested. Lucas Niang and Orlando Brown haven't seen a real, real defensive end yet. And they're going to get two of them in, you know, in a week and a half here. So there's still a lot of questions that are going to get asked about this offensive line. But so far, through three preseason games with a vanilla defense... Unfortunately, it's two full weeks plus, Craig, until we get to see uh, this, I know. this Chiefs offensive I'm, line up against the... <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm planning to black out for like half a week. So, yeah, yeah. like, That's I'm just going to Yeah, you, you saw... Yeah, I think everything you saw from the from the first team offense, it was an, a very, very efficient you know performance, running the football well. Uh, some good things in the run game with Jarek McKinnon uh, doing some good things behind a great offensive line performance, I thought. And, you know, Mahomes looked really comfortable, looked more comfortable this week than he did last week. He, I think, operated well from the pocket largely this week. Got a little creative and, and, and started creating out of structure a little bit. You saw all the all the hallmarks of a Kansas City Chiefs offense, everything you wanted to see. Uh, and, you know, for much, you know, as much talk as we've had about you know, the secondary kind of pass catchers and, you know, saw the Marcus Robinson step up this week. This offense has always been about the top shelf dudes, the Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. and Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be a very big part of that too here. And you got to see Demarcus Robinson this week, surprise, and step up a little bit uh, to be that secondary pass catcher. But honestly, Maddie, this might be what happens the entirety of the year. It's just somebody's day between him and Pringle and McCole Hardman, I think that's what you're going to see a little bit of the, you know, when it's not one of the superstars. I think that's that has to be the expectation going in is that you're not going to have a steady second wide receiver or your, you know, second third option, I guess, behind Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill might not be the same person week in week out, and that's okay. It's going to be entirely matchup dependent. It's going to be who's playing the best that particular week. 
I am happy for Demarcus Robinson, though, that he came out and looked good. But not only did he have the two catches where he was relatively open, he absolutely torched Bashad Breland <laughs> on a double move that just Patrick Mahomes ended up throwing his one incompletion as he kind of threw it away to the other side of the field. But it was good to see Robinson look good after he got a lot of hard time on Twitter because Dave Tobe said he doesn't return punts very well. But it was nice <laughs> to see him come out and have a strong performance. Like, okay, he's clearly worth playing on an NFL roster. It's pretty easy to watch him and see that talent and that he's good. So I'm glad that he had a big game. Creed Humphrey, I think somebody had mentioned him earlier in one of the comments. He's been steadily getting better and better to the point where he just looks like a consistent center just across the board. And that's how he played at Oklahoma. Just consistency, snap in, snap out. Trey Smith might have a lot more peaks, but there's definitely going to be some more valleys. I think even in this game, in one of the early runs, he actually got driven back, driven back off the line of scrimmage a good three or four yards, actually kind of blew up the run a little bit. I think he's going to be a little more up and down. But Creed Humphrey, I, I think this guy's going to be steady from the get-go, and that's really nice to see out of the center in this offensive line. Yeah, it really is. Uh, most of the young guys really performed well. I, I don't have a whole lot of negatives to really take away from the offense throughout the preseason. Other than this, Cornell <laughs> Powell, guys. Let's have, let's have a little conversation about Cornell Powell. Uh, not getting into the game until very late mm. in, in every single one of these games. A guy that all three of us were pretty high on coming out of the draft. We thought that the Chiefs may have gotten a little bit of a steal, you know, in, in day three. A guy that maybe not was going to be a true X receiver right off the bat here, but one that we had kind of hoped was going to come in, be able to take some snaps because, again, he does all the little things well. He's a good blocker, good route runner. Can't get on the field. Can't get on the field above some of these other guys who are playing very well. Don't get me wrong. Darius Fountain, Marcus Kemp have looked really good in some limited snaps here in the preseason. But Cornell Powell, frankly, he just doesn't look the part right now. And right now you've got a day three pick that probably might be on the outside looking in. What do you guys think I, about that? I think he's on the outside looking in if I'm, you know, a, a, an immediate emotional reaction right now, right at, <coughs> excuse me, right after the game. I think you are looking at Cornell Powell on the outside looking into this roster. And, you know, offensively, lack of explosion, not a particularly uh, explosive player, the athletic profile. I mean, that's never been exactly like the big thing about him, but it doesn't, you know, he doesn't look like an NFL athlete right now, personally. Uh, and then special teams is pretty disappointing because this is a guy that cut his teeth at Clemson and fought his way through opportunities at Clemson and, and you know, to, you know, on special teams. That was where he kind of, you know, got opportunities for the majority of his career and finally stuck around long enough and had a little mini breakout uh, at Clemson his senior year. And what we've seen to this point of him, not much to write home about. Uh, I'm pretty underwhelmed. And from, you know, from a special, special teams standpoint, hasn't stood out. And there's been guys like Marcus Kemp that have been more productive offensively. Uh, different athletes, different kinds of athletes, obviously, but special teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, Marcus Kent made a phenomenal play in special teams again today. He actually made two he made two great special teams plays. He had the nice tackle down there on punt, but then he pancaked somebody on the Mike Hughes return that got called back. Just because the call play got called back back there doesn't mean what, what Marcus Kent did wasn't impressive. Marcus Kemp had a great day. I think if, if you're asking me right now, I'm putting Marcus Kemp in Sharpie. Uh, I don't know where you stand on on the Cornell Powell, yeah, Marcus Kemp situation, Maddie. But uh, I'll give you a chance to kind of give your take. 
Well, I mean, I pretty much have the same things to say that you guys already did, I believe. Uh, I think the most disappointing part is there hasn't been anything that's happened for special teams. I don't remember seeing Cornell Powell really make an impact on special teams in any one of these games. And that's kind of like your free ticket, especially as a draft pick. Like people can like your potential on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. If you can come in and play special teams early on, if you can be a guy that can fill in reps there, play multiple roles and be good at them you're going to make the team. I just don't see Cornell Powell making a lot of plays on special teams. I don't even see him getting a lot of opportunities with the first and second teams of the special team units getting a lot of play. So that's warning flag number one. Next is just when he's getting in the game. Like This game, Darius Fountain got a lot of opportunities to make plays. He didn't make a ton of them. Not, I'm not saying that as a negative, just he was putting a lot of difficult opportunities and couldn't come in with a play. But if that was what Cornell Powell had going on throughout the entire preseason, fine. You see what the Chiefs are going for. You see the angle they're trying to play with him, and it just didn't connect. Just the fact that he's not getting in the game until they're essentially over, and then they're just kind of throwing him a couple little button hooks and throwing him the ball in the flash. Just, there's just not a lot there right now. 32 other teams, 32 teams passed over him multiple times in the draft. He's a fifth-year senior coming out of Clemson. There's a good chance that he makes it to your practice squad without a team trying to put them on their active roster. I don't think you have to mystery IR him. I think there's a lot of teams that passed on him once already. There's no guarantee he won't be easily available to get on your practice squad. And I don't, I don't know what's changed for him, you know, since then. I don't think he's helped himself. There's not been a ton on, on, uh, on tape to really get excited about. I don't think. And so, yeah, you know, as angry as angry drunken said, yeah, I mean, practice squad makes a lot of sense. I do want to jump in here really quick uh, and talk about Demarcus Robinson um, because I saw a lot of comments on Twitter. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of comments here in the YouTube mentions just talking about Demarcus Robinson. And one of the things that we preach here uh, on, on the lab uh, on, in, or at KCSN is, uh, you know, snap count tells the story. The snap count tells you the story. The opportunity tells you the story. Demarcus Robinson was playing a lot with the ones in the final dress rehearsal for this football team. It seems like he's probably very much in the mix offensively for this football team. Maybe not punt return. <laughs> Actually, very obviously not punt return. No, no, never, never again. Just give that job to Mike Hughes and let's forget about whoever it is that you're rotating but, in. He returned a punt with no mouthpiece. Like, what are we doing still discussing this? He didn't fair catch a preseason punt and he returned it with no mouthpiece. Like, this is Mike Hughes' job. Yeah, no, I, I Demarcus Robinson will not be returning anything and that's okay. But you saw him not only getting a ton of run but getting targets from Patrick Mahomes in the biggest dress rehearsal before the season starts. The last time you're going to see this football team before the season starts. I don't think there's any chance that Demarcus Robinson is getting cut from this football team. I don't think, I think he's making the 53 or they feel comfortable enough, you know, trying to showcase him in a trade. I don't think that's what it is. I think he's on his football team. I think he's going to see a very decent amount of snaps and it may not be much different than he's seen in recent memory. So, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Demarcus Robinson. Maybe you think he's a Jag, uh, you know, or just a guy, not a Jaguar, just a guy. Uh, sorry, Chris <laughs> Conley. But, um, I, you know, there's <laughs> – I lost my train of thought for a second. But honestly, like, he's, not, he's, he's not a Jag to Patrick Mahomes, I don't think. And he's not a Jag to this organization. Uh, they've definitely got him at value the last few years. But they have – a very clear value for him as well because he's been able to stick around. They continue to bring him back. 
Patrick Mahomes and him. I mean, you remember the, the first wow moments of Patrick Mahomes' career in Kansas City as a rookie in the preseason were Demarcus Robinson. There's a lot of chemistry there. And I think Patrick Mahomes has valued chemistry, which is why <clears throat> which is why guys like him have stuck around, Maddie. Well, yeah. And I mean, Demarcus Robinson's not only not going to be cut, he's going to make this roster and he's going to play significant snaps from the very beginning. And unless he gets injured, he's playing significant snaps all the way through the season. I think Byron Pringle's name, I think, was brought up by one of the mentions or comments here, too. I think Byron Pringle also had a good preseason. I think he's very steady. Anytime he gets an opportunity, he makes a play. I think you're going to see a pretty steady rotation of your wide receiver two and three between Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, and Byron Pringle. It's going to kind of be really situational on what they're trying to do, the matchups they have going on. I think all those guys are about on even footing. I do think the Chiefs are telling you they have McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson slightly above Byron Pringle right now, just based on when and who they're playing with. But as the season goes on, I think all three of those guys are going to stick around they're going to be part of this offensive game plan week in and week out. It's like, I just wouldn't expect any three of those guys to go anywhere. Before we move off of the offense, oh, we got a lot because, more offense. Frankly, we got a lot more. Offense, uh, no, 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 no. Frankly, we, we need to move on to the defense. I, I want to talk about Jarek McKinnon. I, I think that he needs to be talked about right here. And now um, he looked great again. Like it, this this is a guy that as he's gotten more snaps in this preseason with this first team offensive line, he looks decisive. He looks explosive. He's hitting the holes on these gap scheme runs just ridiculously well. I, obviously, you know, Darwin Thompson got some run and he looked really good in some of the outside zone runs that they did. I thought Jarek McKinnon looked just fantastic. Like he, he looked like a guy that is ready to add that extra element. That's ready to take the lid off of this, you know, the defense that it's going to give up a lot of stuff underneath. He's going to be in the third level more often than not in some, you know, just light boxes. And that's what this team is going to see with this offensive line blocking the way that they are. He's going to have a head of steam into the secondary. I'm just, I got really excited about Jarek McKinnon at the start of this preseason and it hasn't stopped since. Craig, is Jet McKinnon running back too? Oh, oh. See, I think it's going to be kind of a situational type thing. I don't think that it's as, as straight up as Jarek McKinnon gets the second role. I think he's going to get some third down looks. I think Daryl Williams is going to get some third down looks. I think it's going to be a hot hand guy behind Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And if Jet McKinnon looks to be the guy early in the season. Well, then Daryl is going to wait. But as we know about Daryl Williams, he's always ready. And he, you know, when he gets those opportunities, he does take them as well. I don't think that it's going to be just a straight up two versus three situation. I think you're going to see some, you know, some matchups that are just better for Jet than they are for Daryl and vice versa. Coward, Kent, who has the second most running back snaps at the end of the year? Jet McKinnon or Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams still. I, I tend to I tend to subscribe to a level of you know this this team valuing the past a lot with some of these decisions and it seems like this you know Daryl Williams is a very trusted member of this rotation he has been for several years now he you know they they've really liked him um, they've really kind of uh, you know they've they've leaned on him in some in some critical situations and so I I don't think it's they're just gonna dismiss Daryl Williams' role in this football team unless he's not healthy. Uh, I think it's going to take a little bit more than that to to get him kind of removed from that RB2 spot personally. Is there one more offensive thing as we get going here? 
Jody Fortson came alive kind of towards the end of the fourth quarter, like he has in all preseason games. So again, pay attention to where guys play. I'm not saying don't be hyped about Jody Fortson. Just also understand it was in the last, like the last real drive of the Chiefs offensive series against the Minnesota Vikings. However, he still looks good as a blocker. This is the second week in a row where Jody Fortson's looked good as a blocker, especially on that screen route. So Jody Fortson, I think we all agree safely making this team. The question is, does that mean that Doris Fountain's out for Jody Fortson? Do we think Jody Fortson makes the team over Doris Fountain? I don't know if you have a spot for both of them here. I don't think I don't think Doris Fountain makes this football team. And I know that's all you know, I know he's a lot of fun, but where has he made his impact on special teams? And how many reps with Patrick Mahomes has he's has he got? There's two things that don't add up there, right? You're looking at the situation and you're going, Oh, Doris Fountain's making all these plays. How many of those passes were from Patrick Mahomes? So the offensive value of Darius Fountain is fun to watch, and I like him a lot. And I, I mean, me and Maddie were talking. Me and Maddie liked him coming out of college a little bit, and he hasn't got a lot of opportunities offensively with Patrick Mahomes, and he hasn't done anything on special teams. That's two things that should tell you something. All the receivers that we've talked about making this football team outside of Cornell Powell, which now we're not really optimistic about him making the football team, have been catching passes from Patrick Mahomes in game settings in these preseason game settings I've been getting targets you know, that, that's something that's very telling to me this again i think the snap counts telling you the story there's no special teams value there and he's catching passes from shane bouchelle the second best quarterback in the afc west Ooh, whoa like third okay hang third on here best. justin 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 herbert's out here let's let's not dunk on <laughs> i was oh, chad henney's out here <laughs> oh chad henney oh i'm sorry chad henney's out here no i i I agree. Uh, Jody Fortson had great blocks on that screen touchdown that, that happened earlier today. Jody Fortson was out there early with special teams again. You know, I was paying special close attention to the special teams rotation there. He's out there. So Dave Tobe trusts him. You're seeing play after play. You're seeing impactful plays in the preseason that aren't just him catching the ball. It's not just him getting loose or him high-pointing a ball over somebody in the preseason. It's a willingness to block. It's getting out in space. It's, you know, finding work. That is always going to earn you, you know, praise for Andy Reid. And the fact that he has done this consistently time and time again, I almost think, and I realize the 53-man roster is coming out here, so I'm going to say this, and it could not be the case. I almost think that Jody Fortson's a lock for this roster. I really do. And I think that they're going to keep four tight ends on this roster. I really, really do. And I think Andy lining up in 14 <laughs> personnel yeah. should tell you that's that was his hat tip. He was letting us all know that he's going to keep Ooh, four tight I ends. I like that. Here. I like that little look there. I, I think you're going to, I think four tight ends make the roster. I think, I think somebody is going to be Ricky Seals Jones uh, several times this year and just not see the active roster. I think that could be. I think at this point it might be Noah Gray, which is getting in. But going back to your point that you were talking about with wide receivers earlier, Noah Gray is getting a lot more run earlier in the game than Jody Fortson is. That's fair. I mean, Noah Gray is the guy they put out there earlier on and let Jody Fortson come on later, and he's kind of as a receiver played clean up a little bit more. I it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because I agree with you guys that they're going to keep four tight ends. I think Jody Fortson takes place the place of the sixth wide receiver, which is either. Doris Fountain or Cornell Powell. So I think you're getting four tight ends with Fortson being one of them, but enough offense. 
we have to move to the most important side of the football. Oh, it is time for Craig to give me his standout on special teams. <laughs> oh, my standout on special teams was Chris Lamons. Chris Lamons looked phenomenal on special teams tonight. He about blocked a punt. He made a couple plays out there. To, oh, you didn't think I was going to have Oh, one. I saw Chris your tweet Lammons. or a DM. I don't remember what. I knew you were ready with the Chris Lamons. I, I knew it was Except there. for you got it wrong because it's it Marcus Chris Lamons. Uh, no, Chris Lambus was running with the ones on special teams, guys. I mean, like a guy that we haven't talked about much that's in the DB rotation that uh, probably won't make this team, but is also getting first team opportunities with special teams. I mean, that's not nothing. And he made impactful plays. Yes, Marcus Kemp did as well. Marcus Kemp was excellent. So was Mike Hughes. But Chris Lambus, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to make of I that. I think we need exactly. to make Tucker break the tie on that one on who was the special teams oh let's do that great okay. well you know who yeah. wasn't excellent was the person who fair caught a punt in a preseason game with 10 yards of separation wow. defender. well that's another story for another day all right craig do you want to talk defense now or should we just close the show up okay please cool. please <laughs> all right so you know the chief's dominance on defense continues uh you know obviously we're hemorrhaging a little bit on the first drive but overall i think you got to be pretty excited about what you saw on the defensive side of the football for this football team up and down. Uh, I mean, even the, the offense gave up a touchdown at one point here too. Maddie, what was your overall takeaway uh, on the defensive side of the football? Well, even without Chris Jones and Frank Clark, I thought the defensive line still played well. And I think they didn't play as good. There was clearly a loss of talent there. But what it did allow is it allowed Willie Gay and Anthony Hitchens that the defensive line played good enough for this linebacker group to go crazy. It allowed Willie Gay to play fast. It allowed Anthony Hitchens to continue to play fast. But I mean, I think Willie Gay is who really caught my eye. He was flying all around the field. He was, he was playing at full speed. Something I don't think he was allowed to do versus the Cardinals, just because of how that offense was operating against the Vikings. He was moving hundred miles an hour and more often than not, he was right. You have any takes on Willie Gay? Kevin? Oh, sorry, I was super distracted by Craig's new angle, uh, which is beautiful. This is looking yeah. great. Uh, yeah, no, Willie Gray. I mean, I, yeah, Willie Gray was flying around. I think this was the best we've seen him in a Chiefs jersey, perhaps. Uh, you know, the, it's it's uh, it's exciting to see you know the kind of level of steps he's taken. I thought he had a really, I think he had a really solid game. This was kind of like you know really important dress for rehearsal, rehearsal for him because he's kind of had some issues here and there you know, not getting to be available for the entirety of training camp. So this was a big step for him. I think reps are really valuable for this guy because he didn't get, you know, as many as we'd all hoped <laughs> last year. And even during training camp, you know, DeAndre Baker got a lot of snaps, uh, you know, this, and we, we might wind up talking about him too at some point. But, you know, I, I think, you know, Willie Gay needs valuable reps too. And so I think the Chiefs did a good job of giving him some opportunities while getting him ready for a much bigger role in this chief fence this year. And I cannot wait to see what he looks like. Yeah, no, he looks great. Um, uh, he, you just see the decisiveness on the field immediately when you watch him. There, there's not the same hesitation that you saw last year. We've talked about that plenty. But I, I do think you got to see him make a few more plays this week. And, and that was good. Because I, I saw the the ways that he was moving, the things that he did last week, and they just didn't get to go at him very often. You know, the offense went away from; him. they were scared of him practically. You know, so I <laughs> I do think that it was good to see him getting to take on blocks, getting to fill gaps to his side of the field, and getting to make plays. And 
that the way that he was able to click and close in the middle of the field in the red zone to break up that pass was fantastic. I realized the pass was a little bit off receivers dropping the ball a little bit, but that's going to hurt. Like Willie Gay is out here and he is looking to make an impact and he loves everybody on defense <laughs> and is going to be the biggest cheerleader. And I love it. I, I, absolutely love that he's got that level of energy that that level i mean like i put it on twitter it's infectious it really is infectious so really excited for year two of willie gay that's off to a great start so far. well in that play that he broke up on that with the big hit over the pass oh. in the middle in the red zone it was a couple plays after i do think he got beat by play action to the tight end irv smith out into the flat i do believe that you know he probably should have had his eyes out there a little bit earlier so when that play action first went down that play it looked like willie gay was starting to open his hips up and just sprint back into coverage and i was about to you know comment on oh no these are kind of the learning reps that willie gay needs but the fluidity to flip his hips back around locate the receiver coming into what would be his zone and then crash down on it and then make an NFL rule book, you know, Nancy textbook tackle instead of hitting the guy too high. Like it was a great play. It just, it went from an, Oh no to a, Oh wow. Like real quick, just because I thought he was about to get beat by play action for the second time in a couple handful of plays. And that's kind of what kept him off the field last year. So like you like to see the development coming here. I know this is a, a do yeah. you have something more on Willie Gay? No, we can make the rest no of the I was going to transition to the, the best player on the field. But was you, it Jerry right. Sneed? Because that's where I was going. <laughs> yes, it was. Look, yes, I uh, I know we, we talk about him a lot, but that dude is getting better and better as time goes on. And it is just it is an absolute joy to watch him play football. And he does everything so well. I mean, he is literally like there's not a lot of things he doesn't do well. He operates well in the slot. He's good outside. He's great against the run. This man is a complete player, and he's not. he doesn't even – I mean, people forget he didn't even have a complete season last year. He missed a large stretch of football, but all that dude did was find the football, make plays. I mean, he is less than 16 games into his NFL career, and he looks like one of the best corners in the National Football League. Maddie made a joke earlier. I, mean, I don't even know if it was a joke. It wasn't a joke. Go go ahead. Read your tweet most, out. I, most people, well, I tweet out. I Most people in here are probably Chiefs fans, so you guys already know. But this goes out to the rest of the world. Anybody out there is just a fan of football. If you talk about cornerbacks and you're talking about who the best cornerback in the league is and you say Jalen Ramsey, you're right. But if you start filling out the rest of your list and you don't have Legereus Sneed as one of the next four names out of your mouth, you're wrong. You need to simply go fix that right here, right now, because at the end of this year, Legereus Sneed's going to be in everyone's top five cornerback list if they're paying attention. And if you don't, you're going to be laughed at on Twitter. And nobody wants to be laughed at on Twitter. It's embarrassing. <laughs> we all know. We've all been there. We don't do it. Keep Legereus Sneed in your top five cornerback rankings because he just he's different. And I know a lot of fans probably don't get to see this, but when you watch the Chiefs practice, there's one player that I've ever seen almost run with Tyreek Hill vertically down the field, and it's Legereus Sneed. Almost. He still gets outrun, but he almost can keep up with them. And then you watch him play in these preseason games and how physically he is versus the run. Watching him handle two-way goes out of the slot, seeing what he did as a rookie playing outside cornerback last year, just filling in for Bashad Breeland. Legereus needs different. I mean, it's a cliche at this point in time, but he's just built different than a lot of other cornerbacks that have come through the Kansas City Chiefs organization over the past few years. He's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um... I don't have a whole lot more to add other than the fact that, you know, 
we're on this network now and you know bj does it all the time so here we go legerius sneed is breaking the fucking sophomore ceiling <laughs> on this thing it's happening like it, it it's he's playing so insanely well right now i it, it's it's insane so i i can't wait to see him get to the regular season we're going to get four weeks into this thing and you're going to see national media turning around and going oh wow we were really sleeping on that guy where where the hell did he come from he's coming you know he's coming it's happening this year and it's gonna happen quick too i just I, he he looks he just looks he really nice. does and there's so much like there's just so many little things like even just like there, there takes some football character to be a, a defensive back and be willing to play the run and to play gap sound and play assignment sound. And he does all that. And so like, that's all encouraging. And then there's always, the, there's the physical ability. I mean, his physical profile is, it's really strong. Craig, what kind of C-bat was he again? Was he a tier one or a tier two? Oh, he was, sure he was one. tier one. He was a strong tier hey, one. Don't, don't get the big Ooh. institution started on the C-bats. Mm. <laughs> I got I got CBAT takes. He was a strong tier one. That's why you invest in tier one. If you're uh, right if there. you're new to what CBAT is, Craig created a uh, an athletic metric that kind of measures quarterback uh, cornerback athleticism and as, how it relates to success. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a tier and it's one called player. CBAT because he accidentally didn't capitalize the C <laughs> but did the BAT. So instead of being CBAT and us having to figure out how else to say it, we just get it rolled off the tongue as CBAT. Yes, BAT is all capitalized, so it's CBAT. <laughs> but yeah, no. hey, that's how Legarius Need hits runners with the when they're carrying. He the does like a bat. Oh man, like like He's a baseball the wood. bat. He's yeah, the wood. Uh, it's yeah. fun to watch this defensive line uh, that didn't have you know a couple key pieces still play well i mean it was a little bit it wasn't maybe the best that we've seen early on there was some uh you know there was some there was some some run fits that may not have looked the best uh but largely i think that the players that were in there the guys that you got to see a lot of i think they still played pretty well maddie i mean i think the entire defense i, I played well i can't really poke holes in much of anything that happened i mean i think there was some the traditional struggles that we've seen out of Dan Sorensen, Ben Neiman, maybe not being the most athletic guys when challenged in space, but they're doing what they need to do the vast majority of the time. This defense throughout the entire preseason looked really good. I think we could spend a lot of time talking about various guys that were impressive, that weren't impressive, but I'm going to take this time. I don't think he makes this roster. I hope he gets to the practice squad, but we got to start talking about Tyler Clark, defensive tackle, mm. newcomer to Kansas City. He's He's been really good in this preseason. Like once the starters shuffle out, once you get into the guys that clearly backups are playing, Tyler Clark looks different than a lot of the other guys out there. Like he just looks like a guy that plays better than him and Tim Ward keep getting out there with the second and third string defensive line rotation. And both of them just kind of have their way with opposing offensive linemen that are playing at that level. Both of those guys I do think deserve to be on a 53 man roster. Tyler Clark's just unfortunately on a roster that has defensive tackles. I mean, just coming out of the woodwork. There's just nowhere to stash another defensive tackle because Tershawn Wharton's looks so good. Chris Jones will play inside. Jaron Reed, Derek Nottie, Colin Saunders, who a lot of people, including us, talked about as a potential cut candidate coming up into this year because he got outplayed mm -hmm. by an undrafted free agent. Hadn't flashed a ton as a rookie. He's all of a sudden come back, developed like, I don't know, young draft picks do. And all of a sudden, he looks like a guy that almost deserves starter reps. So just Tyler Clark's been really, really good. I'm excited for him. I hope 
if he does get signed to a team, I hope he gets a chance. But if not, I hope he's on the Chiefs practice squad because they could use him next year when they can't bring back all of these other defensive tackles. I do think it is worth noting. I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about Colin Saunders, but you know, one of the things that we kept harping on last year was Colin Saunders got beat out by a UDFA, like before the season even started. Like it, it, he was he was beat out by a UDFA. That UDFA looks really <laughs> damn good right now. Like I, I mean, sure I, I think I think it's just fairly safe to say that everybody whiffed on Turk Wharton and good good on the Chiefs, good on whichever area scout w- was around to uh, pick up on Turk Wharton there. But no, it's good to see Tur- uh, Colin Saunders making an impact. Saw him split a couple doubles today. That that was good. That was something last week he didn't do particularly well. Did it pretty well this week. But yeah. I Tyler Clark, there would be other years that we would really be banging the drum for Tyler Clark to make this 53. And it's just, it's, the numbers game is it's not in his favor in that. So yeah, I'm with Maddie. I hope he makes the I mean, guys like well. Tyler Clark, Clark speak to how boring this offseason have been, has been too, though, in a lot of ways, because this team is so well established. It's so deep. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, the practice squad looks like it could be stacked if some of these guys... Oh don't make it through, uh, you know, make it through waivers and all that, because there's a lot of talent on this football team. There's a lot of guys that deserve opportunities like Doris Fountain. Doris Fountain deserves an opportunity somewhere. He needs to go be a jet and get, you know, 25 targets this year, 30 targets this year. There's some guys I think that are going to go out and get some opportunities elsewhere uh, on this team. And it it just speaks to the depth and, and the quality of roster that we, you know, we've seen here in Kansas city this year. Uh, yeah, because like Tyler Clark probably makes his football team, you know, in, in, in other years uh, because the talent level has not been remotely close to the mm-hmm. same that it's been uh, that it is right now. And I do think, you know, thinking about these last couple drafts and some of the guys that are really intriguing us and some of the guys that are coming on in their second years and, you know, the talent level, you know, even talk about some of the undrafted free agents. I mean, there, the early the early draft receipts for Brett Veach are not particularly strong. I mean, Breland Speaks was his first pick, but I think mm-hmm. he's starting to figure some things out. I think he's starting to kind of understand some things here a little bit better in his roster construction, the quality that he's putting together. I think the 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 the, the evaluation process and and the selections and the undrafted free agent investments definitely on an upswing. And that's something that I'm really excited about. I'm really looking forward to seeing how some of these young guys play in year two, how some of these rookies kind of shake out. All right, guys, let's get some final thoughts here. Uh, Maddie, give me a final thought. Unless you have more, you look very disappointed that I'm even I'm even trying to wrap this up. What do you got? No, no, no. You, I'm trying to think of what my final thoughts were because I kind of thought Tyler Clark was uh, was my going out point. That was my high note. Um, <laughs> I was coming like I, I needed the George Costanza at that point in time. I actually just needed to get up and go because I think it's only downhill from now for me for uh, final things. I think that this Chiefs team, from what we've seen in the preseason, the defense the defense is going to be better than it was last year. It's just simply going to be. And last year's defense wasn't that bad. I just think this defense is going to be better. This offensive line is going to be better than it was last year. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs, but it's clearly going to be better. If all else can even just hold serve, if everything else can just maintain how good it was last year, this is a better football team. Add on Patrick Mahomes potentially playing better because he feels more protected. Add on some of the guys on defense just developing and showcasing more. And this, the sky's the limit for this team. 
I think you have to be real happy as a Chiefs fan, not only for the moves they've made and guys they've brought in, but the amount of development that's happening with some of these younger players. You have to feel really good about this coaching staff and just the outlook of this team going forward. This is going to be a really fun season, barring any injuries, so knock on wood for that. But I think this is still just the beginning of where this Chiefs team is going if they can keep the majority of this coaching staff around. I said it earlier this offseason, but it bears repeating. This is the most comfortable that I have felt with the Chiefs' depth potentially ever. Like it, the the cuts that are going to happen to this team, we're going to look at, we're going to understand. Don't get me wrong. It's not like we're going to look at him and be like, no, they shouldn't have cut that guy. No, we're going to understand it, but they're cutting some very good players on this roster because they are stacked in their depth. There are obvious questions, questions at wide receiver. There are questions that maybe a little bit with the safety rotation. If Juan Thornhill is not feeling up to it, questions at cornerback. If one of those guys isn't playing to the level that they played to so far in this preseason, but as it stands right now, the top to bottom depth of this team is just really good. And that's a testament to Andy as a testament to this coaching staff and a testament to Veach and the scouts that they were able to put together this exact roster. I know Maddie talked about injuries. Um, I'm less worried about injuries than I was in years past. I really am. I, you know, obvious, obvious ones, but <laughs> that we don't want to happen. But like, if a guy goes down, I'm not as worried in, you know, the linebacker position or the defensive line, defensive end particularly. I'm not as worried. So that's my major takeaway. They got out of the preseason healthy and they got a bunch of guys that are really going to be able to play and be good rotational people. There are going to be guys that are inactive on game day that would be contributors on other teams. So I think that that is just a testament I'm, to the roster. My final thought is actually kind of a combination of both of yours, and it's reiterating some things and maybe saying a few things a little bit differently. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're on the outside looking in, they went paper thin on some positions like cornerback. And we had a bunch of questions about established veterans. We had a bunch of questions about, you know, why aren't they bringing back? Uh, why aren't they bringing back Bashad Breland? All they have is DeAndre Baker coming off a broken leg. All they have is Mike Hughes. They acquired for pennies from the Minnesota Vikings. You know, that not only this team seem more established at those positions, by the way, the Chiefs had the best number 21 on the field tonight. Uh, why, beyond just that, the, the strengths became strengths. And you kind of speak into Maddie when he's talking about player development. A lot of the, you know, the defensive line looks deep. It looks to have a bunch of very defined roles and good players in those roles. That's going to really make this an outstanding group, probably one of the best in the National Football League when it's all said and done. So credit to the development of this roster. But also, we're sitting here talking about all this, Maddie. You're sitting here talking about this team. They're better. They're better up front. They're they're better at on the along the offensive line if everything else holds serve. This team went 14 and 1 last exactly. year. The ceiling is not particularly like there's not much there's not many other places to go. Good thing they gave us an extra game. The one place they can go and it's still in effect <laughs> is 23 and 0. And honestly, looking at the depth of this team, the backups might be able to win in week 18 anyway. I this I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun this season. We cannot wait to be talking Chiefs all year with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, this is perfect to get out of here on this note. Then, when the Chiefs play the Cleveland Browns, what is the final score? 
if Chad Henney was the starting quarterback <laughs> in week one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's closer than it would have been. So I'm going to say 35 to 12. <laughs> Boy, how's Baker scoring twelve on this defense? I'm I'm going I'm going twenty two seventeen, which was the score of the playoff game. <laughs> I love it. This, this is what we needed. This is what we needed. He can't he can't beat Henny. Nope. Uh Henny time, Henny place. We don't care. We're ready to go. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory post game show. All juice forever. What a great way to close out a day honoring our dear pal Trez Paler. We miss you, man. Uh, you meant a lot to me personally, and I know you meant a lot to us and a lot of people in Kansas City and a lot of people uh, around the world. So we love you, man. We miss you. And uh, it's really cool to honor you today. That is going to do it for us. We'll catch you later.